my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So it is the first month of May officially, and it is Mother's Day season. So last week's episode... Well, actually, the episode for this week was supposed to be last week's episode. Today's episode, I am talking about, I don't even know how I'm going to title it, actually. But uh, we are talking about steps for you to take if you find that you have a tumultuous or conflictual relationship with your daughter. And this is for women of all ages, whether or not your daughter's two or three and you already noticed some detachment or some high irritation with her, or if your daughter is an adult or your daughter is a teenager. And maybe last week when I was talking about conflict with daughters was maybe the first time that you maybe considered that maybe your irritation with her might be more about your trauma versus about her personality or that motherhood can be hard. Maybe somebody forwarded this podcast episode to you. And if that's you, welcome. Typically on this podcast, I talk about healing from intimacy disorders like love addiction and love avoidance because I believe that our relationships, the health of our relationships and how we show up in relationships is a really big mirror on how we see ourselves. And so we talk a lot about self-love and self-identity and also the patterns of love addiction and love avoidance and love deprivation and what that can tell us about some unseen places and and gap areas that we can look at to grow and uh, to heal uh, in regards to our trauma. And today's episode, I'm talking very specifically about how we can look at how we look at our daughters and how we feel around our daughters as a reflection of how we may feel about ourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer 
to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. And the reason why is when you have a daughter, if you have any detachment from your own inner little girl, if you had a childhood where you were not allowed to be a child, to make mistakes, to explore, where you were not affirmed just for being who you are, where there was a lot of criticism, where there is a lot of emotional neglect, even if they were physically present, if there was emotion, a lack of emotional care and softness and hugs and tenderness and rest, and, the, and your family was always in survival mode, there most likely was a lot of you had to you had to develop coping mechanisms. You had to learn how to grow up really fast. You had to learn how to go without. And most often you had to learn how to rationalize why you weren't having why you weren't getting the things that you needed. Because if you were actually feeling your feelings all the time, if you were actually acknowledging how hurtful it was, how lonely it was, how unfair it was, you would be in an emotional distress all the time. And so most often women will learn how to be really independent and not need anything. And so when you are faced, and also the other extreme is to go the other side and become very codependent and very um, sensitive to abandonment and rejection and things like that. So when you have a little girl in front of you and there are parts of you as a little girl, you didn't really get to accept and experience and that type of need was not affirmed seeing a little person can be very triggering. Even if you're not aware of it, even if you've always wanted to be a mother, even if you've had different fantasies around having a little girl, if you were not loved in the way that you needed as a little girl, that can be your template. Not all the time, but it can be. Most often it is, especially if you are not aware of it, if you haven't been doing your healing work. And I feel like so much of what we're learning in this generation, and when I say this generation, I'm not even just talking about millennials, which is what I am. But I think the last, in this 10-year period of time, everybody who's paying attention, no matter what age there are, everybody from 18 to 68 is rethinking how they see themselves and how they see their childhood and what the relationships need to get to be like, what they, what you have access to. And I think in this reevaluation, there's a lot of power and there's a lot of grief and there can be a lot of sadness, a lot of sadness about things that we thought we had already worked through, that we thought we had already put in a nice little box and put on top of the shelf and checked off. And and it can be hard to look at this stuff. So in today's episode, I'm going to be really talking about how if you have any discord or conflict with your daughter, then maybe some of the interactions between you are more signs of things that you didn't get to experience as a little girl. And I'm going to break those down. This is going to be a very meaty episode in that way. So if you don't have a pen and paper, go ahead and get one. If you're one of my ladies who tell me all the time, you listen to this on your morning walk or your morning drive, what's up, girl? I love you. Thank you for listening. And uh, maybe get out your notes app then <laughs> and do some voice notes. I don't know. Do something. I'm just telling you right now, there may be some things that you want to write down or remember for later. So I'm going to talk about how things might show up for you with your daughter and then I'm going to talk about next steps that you can take for yourself. I'm going to talk about, I think there's actually nine steps that I list in today's episode. So once again, 
it's a meaty episode, y'all. So nine things for you to do to move forward, an actual process for you to do, uh, which does include some self-forgiveness. And I'm going to say this now before, but even though I'm going to say it later, the things that you're listening to, the things that you may hear, I want you to make sure that you're practicing some self-compassion and some self-forgiveness for anything that you may have done that you're now hearing. It's like, wow, this is a pattern that I've had. And this is something that someone did to me that I've just been been passing down without even being aware of it. I also want to express compassion for any defensiveness that may come up too. I think when we hear ways that we can grow from other people, especially if we come from backgrounds where no one affirmed us and we were attacked all the time or we were criticized all the time, it makes sense for your immediate reaction to be that someone's telling you that you're wrong or you're bad. And even though I'm on this side of the audio <laughs> and I'm not in front of you, you you might have a reaction with like justifications. Well, she said this or she did that and you know things are hard and I'm doing the best I can and you are totally entitled to feel all those things because all those things are true. And I also want to say here that in no way am I calling anybody a bad mother in the same way that I never call anyone a bad person or anything like that. I believe that all of us are always doing the best that we can. And I think all of us have been given cards and we have been trying to make the most from it. And we've been, we have all, especially if you're listening to this podcast, we have all been actively working to be better women, better partners, better mothers, better daughters, better friends, better lovers, better business owners, better coworkers, whatever label um, relates to you. So this isn't a knock on you at all. This episode is being shared with love because I know that you care so much because I know that you want to feel relief and I know that you would want to be able to pass down that relief and that connection and love to to the women around you and the women who come after you. And so this is being shared for your eyes to be open and for you to be aware. And if it doesn't fit for you, then it doesn't fit for you. As I always say, take what you need and leave the rest. Um, And if you don't need none of it, then you don't need none of it. And if you need a lot of it, then take it. And if you start to listen, you're like, I don't need this. And then after some time, it marinates and you want to come back to it. this, This will be here for you. For the daughters who are listening to this, the daughters who have felt as if your mother didn't like you, or if there was some jealousy, is some jealousy, if there was tension and everything, the same I did last week's episode first on purpose. Last week's episode was about grieving the relationship that you wish you could have had with your mom, um, even if your mom is still living. So I want to encourage you to practice some self-compassion, some kindness, some self-love, If you're in any of our communities, like y'all always do, and anything in this podcast stands out to you, please feel free to come. Let's talk. Let's talk together. Um, uh, My my coaching communities is what I mean. Sorry, that wasn't clear. If you are a student in one of our coaching programs and you're triggered, um, feel free to reach out. And for those of y'all who are like, I would want to know more about how to work together on the things that we're going to talk about today, even though I'm going to, you're going to get a whole lot of information today, y'all. I will end the episode with some next steps for you to take on your own or together in a community. So 
that is our intro. I am sending y'all love as we get into this and let's go ahead and jump in. The first thing that I want you to kind of notice when it comes in relationship with your daughter is any irritation that you may have towards her. So like I said before, feeling as if she maybe is too emotional or maybe feeling as if she needs too much. So my question to you would be to think, was there anyone from your past that told you that you were too emotional and didn't let you have your feelings? Was it an unspoken rule in your house that emotions were not allowed, that you were to be quiet, that the girls who were quieter got more privileges, that the girls that were quieter got more privileges, even if it wasn't material things, but just as far as affection, that they were the ones that were doted upon, that those were the ones, as long as you were silent and um, out of the way, that you were rewarded in some way. When it comes to feeling as if she's she's too needy, she's always asking me for things, she's always around me, she's always too clingy, she's always doing too much, right? Um, I would wonder if you are uncomfortable with someone being that affectionate or that asking you of things because maybe in your past you had to learn how to go without you had to go you had to learn how to go without emotional care you had to learn how to go without physical hugs and kisses just because they didn't have any kind of connotation behind it did you have to learn how to repress your own needs as a little girl to take care of yourself and so when you have someone who requires that of you it feels like way too much in the vein of the the video that inspired this whole episode if you ha- happen to have a relationship with a son or a nephew or a cousin, or even if you are straight or someone who dates men, if a partner or your husband or someone asked you for that same amount of attention, favors, uh, space, uh, connection, money, would you feel the same amount of animosity? Would you feel the same amount of resentment? Would you feel as if you were being drained in the same way that you feel with your daughter? And if not, I invite you to be curious about that. I invite you to ask questions about that. With all of the things that I'm inviting you to ask, if you haven't already, I really suggest for you to write these down. And I suggest, I have a lot of questions for you to ask yourself, uh, for you to use these as, um, as what do you call it? Journal, journaling prompts, okay? The questions I'm inviting you to ask y'all even you just listening to this right now and maybe bringing up some thoughts and some feelings. And so here are some things I want to encourage you to do. Y'all, this is about to be a whole mini course. (laughs) Y'all are about to get a double, triple masterclass because I'm not going to, I can't talk about this and leave anybody hanging. So you're about to get a whole, you're about to get a whole program, hopefully within 45 minutes. So as you start to feel triggered, I want to encourage you to take take a deep breath, then take another deep breath. And then with this next deep breath, I want you to hold it in for three, two, one, and exhale for three, two, one. Inhale again, three, two, one. With the memories, I need you to exhale them out, two, three. And then one more for good luck. (laughs) Two, three, and then exhale for two, three. This is so important because our trauma is caught 
and our body is trapped in our body. The book, The Body Keeps Score, does a phenomenal job at breaking all of this down. And sometimes we try to outthink the things that happen and out understand the things that happened and you are going to give yourself a migraine. Literally, you will give yourself a migraine. You might get a panic attack later on and not even know where it came from because you heard this episode on Tuesday, you have the panic attack on Friday. It's because your body remembers. Your body remembers. And sometimes even with talk therapy, it can only get you so far, which is why you've heard me talk about somatic experiencing and body work as a really important component of healing. And it surprises my coaching clients all the time when I lead them through some body exercises, just stretching and just breathing, like the lighter things that we can do on a call. And they're like, oh, I actually feel better. Yes, yes. It defies logic because we spend so much of our life living in our heads and we got to get grounded in our body. Okay, so I invite you to to do body work. The next thing that I want you to consider as far as the irritation is, are you irritated with how much she is? So she's too loud. She's too vocal. She's too opinionated. She's too cocky. She's too confident. She's too fill in the blank. And same thing. I want you to just be curious about where does that irritation come from? I already talked about people being... Um, taught that they need to minimize themselves in order to get along, right? To to be quiet, to go into the rules of respectability and all that other stuff. But sometimes we can have irritation or resentment towards people because they reflect something in us that we have not learned how to accept and embrace and live fully in. So do you resent or are you irritated with the fact that she's too loud because she's loud just like you? And there's a part of you that's irritated with your own voice, with your own uh, brashness, with your own assertiveness. And there's a part of you that you haven't learned how to embrace. And so when you see her embracing that, it is a reflection of something that you have not fully stepped into. And under subconsciously, it's painful, um, it's shaming. Maybe there's some jealousy there, which... We're going to talk about jealousy a little bit more. And so so often we don't want to admit that we're jealous because it, it underlies some kind of sense of weakness or insecurity. And I am, I'll never be jealous. I've never been jealous in a way in my life. Y'all, all jealousy does is it, it shows us, it exposes something that we want. It exposes something that is a tender and soft part for us. It has nothing to do with whether or not we're good enough. It has nothing to do with whether or not we have confidence in other areas. When we feel jealous, it is only reflecting to us that there is a desire that we have that we are not allowing ourselves to be in touch with. So either we can continue to deny that we feel jealousy and keep living without and keep living in that resentment and just saying, you know, there's just something about her I don't like. And this is even past our kids. This could be someone on social media. It could be someone in real life. And you're like, you know, there's just, she's never done anything to me. I just, there's just something about her energy, not realizing that maybe it's because she carries herself in a way or she has access to something that we want, or there's a relationship that it seems like on the outside, at least that, that they have, that we wish that we had. And it's that jealousy that's talking. There's nothing really about her energy. There's nothing really that she's done, but it's more that it reminds us of something that we're longing for, that we're yearning for, that we're craving. And she has access, access to it and we don't. So going back to the topic of today, she has access to be fully outwardly her. 
And I've never had the privilege and the opportunity to do that. I had to learn how to push it down. I had to learn how to go go with the rules. I didn't have anyone who allowed me to be fully me. So who do you think you are to go out and try to be more than you, who you, who who you're allowed to be, right? Which is really who I was allowed to be. And to continue that train just for a little bit, uh, talking about whether or not you were treated in a certain way to get you to play by the rules. Sometimes we can feel this this irritation with people who are different than us because it could be a mixture of, actually, it was very easy for you to fall into line because maybe that was actually a part of your personality. Like maybe you were a very um, low-key, laid-back, not as vocal individual And the setting just really supported that. But what I want you to more look at is, even though you fit into that world, did you also feel that unsaid, or maybe very much said, emotional danger if you stepped out of line? Whether or not that danger came with corporal punishment and spankings and or abuse, physical abuse, or did it come with that more of that emotional danger of you would be rejected? that your parent or caregiver would stop talking to you, that they would look at you with disgust or as if you were disgracing them and embarrassing them. So you knew to play by the rules. And did any of that emotional danger become internalized by you? And that's something that you're passing down. The next thing that I want you to notice as far as symptoms for yourself is notice any resentment that you may have. So I kind of talked about resentment a little bit with uh, some of the jealousy things, but Is she getting access to things that you had to struggle for? Do you feel like it's unfair because it was very hard for you? you, Does her getting access to things and makes you feel resentful because it makes you feel regret? Does it make you feel sadness for loss of time? Do you feel resentful because she has access to things that you had to struggle and work for and that didn't come as easy to you? And it makes you feel as if she's ungrateful because she's had access to all these things. And I would, I would, I would pose to you to consider, has your daughter actually never said thank you? Never, ever said thank you. Ever, ever? Like, thank you, mom, for the cookie. Thank you, mom, for the birthday party. Thank you, mama, for coming to my game. Thank you, mama, for coming to my graduation. Thank you, mom, for talking to me about this problem that I'm having. Has she never actually said thank you? Uh, Or, and or, maybe that is true. Maybe she's never said thank you. And or, is it that there's, it's possible that there's never enough thank yous that she could give you? Partly because as a mom, there's so much that we do that is unseen, that there's no way to recount it all. So there's like, in some ways, how much can you, appreciation can you give for all those unseen things? Uh, what What is an equal match for is what I'm trying to say. And or is it because there's no amount of appreciation that she could give even if she tried because you have an underlying feeling of being taken for granted in general. You have an underlying feeling of being forgotten of being overlooked, of being treated as second best, as as being stepped over. And did that pain start with your daughter or did it start with people before your daughter? Which is why when these things happen, you get so big and you get so reactive and you get so triggered. And a lot of times it's easier to take it out on these other people who are just a symptom of the problem versus the actual ones. Versus the actual ones, because maybe if we actually told the actual ones, we may 
actually have to deal with consequences from that because we're scared to, because they're no longer with us, because we feel so powerless or because we're so detached from the root of it because we spent our whole life trying to act like the things that happened and didn't happen to us didn't hurt. Do, do you notice any resentment with your daughter because she's a woman and you know how women are? So again, kind of going back to the inspiration for this episode. Uh, do you notice and see a lot of fights and jealousy behind the scenes with women? Were you front row center of it? Were you put in the middle of it? Did you watch your auntie and your mama fight all the time? Your mother, your your grandmother and your mother fight all the time? Did you watch him fighting with? Did you happen because those type of toxic relationships were normalized? Those were the types of friendships, quote unquote, that you fell into when it came to school. And somehow you just happen to always find yourself around girls who just couldn't get along and just was never on your radar, girls who had the same best friends for all 12 years. <laughs> or if you did, it just didn't seem as entertaining to you, right? Because your template was the toxicity. So now you notice that women couldn't be trusted. And so just inherently, with unconsciously, without even thinking about it, you treated your daughter in the same way that you treat all female kind, uh, even though she's a child. So that kindness is conditional because you, you know in your head she's going to flip on you one day. Uh, that you only give, show how much you like her only so much or that you were only able to like her up to a point and then when she turned a certain age, the hardness came. That's also how you can know that there's some kind of trauma. If you notice that you are good, 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 good with your daughter for a certain set of ages and this is past just the developmental you know, kids kind of grow up, become preteens and get attitudes and that kind of thing. But for example, you're all good when she's like cuddly, sweet, little, all that stuff until four or five. And then something about four or five, you immediately have some irritation and you have that detachment. And then eight through 12, you're a little bit better. I would kind of have you think about, did something happen for you? when you were four or five? What was like? What was life like for you when you were a four or five-year-old? Was life kind to you? Were people nice to you? Did people detach from you? Was there a trauma that happened that you had to kind of forget? There's so many people who talk about when they think about their childhood, they can't remember a lot of it. And they're like, is that normal? It's very normal because so many of us had to literally peace out. We had to disassociate from our childhood to make it. We just had to be physical and body, but away in our mind. And so does any, did any of that happen for you? So anyways, you learn that women are not to be trusted. Female relationships are not to be trusted. Your relationship with your daughter, she is a female. Well, she's a female assigned at birth. And so, so you treat her as such. And then she grows up to be a female who acts just like that a lot of times, or even if she doesn't, you interpret her actions in that way. So there's just this ongoing cycle of distrust and wounding, distrust and wounding, distrust and wounding that happens. So has there been any of that? The next thing I would encourage you to notice is, have you noticed any feelings of jealousy or comparison? So going back to that, did you notice that you would want to try to take their boyfriends or girlfriends and get them to flirt with you or to actually build relationships with them to prove that you still got it, 
And I would encourage you to kind of look at why is her having anything but having a relationship? How is that threatening to you? Why does that feel like a threat to your safety? Why does her beauty feel like a threat to yours? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Is there enough space for... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. For her to have her own, which leads to the next part of kind of feelings of jealousy and comparison. Have you ever noticed that you've demeaned her accomplishments? So you would have never gotten that degree without me. You're only cute because I'm here. And, you know, you need to be thanking me and uh, praising me for what I gave to you. And just noticing the way that I said that. That's that, the way that I said that, Maybe the words in another context could be a joke. Like, girl, you better thank your mama for what you got versus you should be thanking me. You're only here because of me. Like the energy between those two statements are different, very different. And there's more weight in a negative way with the second versus the former. And so do you feel as if you've lost anything in some ways? Do you have you always have you felt like you've always had to fight? And so with your daughter or have you ever felt like you had to fight when it came to women, when it came to relationships? And so with your daughter, is a reflection of that, you know? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And just in general, ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. 
With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. How did women in general treat you growing up? Were women in competition with you? Were you given hugs and love and praise just because? Or did you just, you know, as little kids, people don't even have to say anything to us. We just pick up the vibes. Did you feel that people did not like you? Did you feel as if you were in the way? Did you feel as if you were burdened? Did you feel as if you were stopping your mom from hanging out with her boyfriend and she was resenting you for that fact? Did you feel any of those things? And do you feel any of those things now with your mother, right? If you actually allowed yourself to sit with those emotions as they come up, what would happen past the, well, I'm over it. It happened a long time ago or um, whatever kind of minimizing feelings that you have. What would come up after that? Would anger and rage come up? Would it feel unfair? Once you get in touch with what little Sandra, little Alicia, little Janice, little Carol, little Lisa, if you got into touch with what they needed at those moments, what would those things be? What were the things that they needed to be said? What were those things that they needed to be given? And are you able to give those things to yourself now? Are you able to give yourself that same tenderness and kindness? Or do you automatically switch into like, well, it's, I'm grown now. Or it's not even that big of a deal. Which you try to rationalize it and say, well, you know, bad things happen. So you just have to move on. So many of us think that that's validation. That's not validation. That's just a fancy way of telling you to get over it. That is a really fancy way of gaslighting yourself. And so before I get into the nine things for you to do, uh, I want you to also kind of think about, did you learn that the way that you protect somebody is to shame them? So I think a lot of times we can unintentionally, emotionally abuse or harm or intimidate the people that we are trying, the people that we love because we are trying to protect them. We're trying to guide them a certain way. And we're doing what we saw was done before and or we're doing it because we have so much fear that things will go wrong for them that in love, we're trying to guide them the right way. But the way that we're doing it may be causing more harm than good. So, and and we learn how to protect and guide people from the ways that we were guided and protected unless we are actively doing work to do something else. So, uh, for example, do you, when you're trying to guide your child or guide somebody else, uh, if you're a boss and you have someone under your employee, if you have, if you're a coach and you have people on your team, did you learn that the more that you shame somebody, the more that you make them feel dumb, the more you try to, you puff up and make yourself bigger, stronger, more intimidating, that and the worse that you make them feel, that that's going to make them second think again if they want to do act in that way. So when your child makes a mistake, when your daughter makes a mistake, you yell at her, criticize her. What were you thinking? Now, you can't be that dumb. I know you ain't that dumb. And just make her feel so small to the point that maybe she won't do it again. But when she's coming away with that is that she's so dumb. 
that she can't do anything right, that she's not good enough. And then my question to you, because this episode, again, y'all, is not to try to make us feel shame as mothers, because I'm going to talk about this more in a second, but it's more to give voice to the things that happen to you. Does someone talk to you that way? Does someone call you dumb? Does someone call you stupid? Does someone not even allow you to have any emotions? So you had to figure out all on your own how to guide your child because you'd be lucky if somebody talked to you because people were out living their own their whole life. So you, this is for you an upgrade from what you got before, right? And so you're doing the best that you know how. And the best that you know how It's still the way that it is because what you deserved as a little girl was kindness, tenderness, compassion, love, security, and presence just because. And you're fighting for your life out here, trying to learn how to be there for somebody else when you don't really know how to be there for yourself. Okay? So these are things that I just wanted to kind of notice if you are finding that there is any tension between you and a daughter or someone who has a daughter-like relationship with you that may be a reflection of your own inner trauma that is coming out. And maybe it may be more about what you've gone through versus what she's doing or not doing because she is a child and she is a child that has been in your care. And she's also a child that most likely is a lot like you. <laughs> maybe very much like you. And uh, there may be some reckoning with that. And just the mixture of just parenting in general is hard. It is hard. You don't you don't know what you're doing. And it, well, sometimes if you feel like you know what you're doing, you don't know somehow still 20 years later, your child's going to be like, you know, you re- you were home with me every day and that was really hard. And in your mind, you're like, I intentionally made choices and sacrifices to stay home for you and now I'm in this therapist chair and you punishing me you feels like you're punishing me for being home with you what and what, what world you know so all those things being considered this episode is for us for us to heal ourselves and hopefully make the most of our relationships with our children if we they, we still have them with us if we still have that opportunity to make it better but we start with us so now let's talk about the nine steps I'm doing good y'all I'm doing good. Uh, let me not get too cocky before <laughs> this episode goes too long. Okay, so here are the nine things that I would encourage you to do if you have seen any of your trauma reflected in the way that you parent or you feel detached from your daughter. The first one is notice any anger. I brought up anger for a reason because once we start doing our healing work, we get angry. And so many of us don't want to do our healing work because we're like, I've been angry enough. I don't want to go there. But if you have cried or done whatever and felt angry, but you didn't have an actual way to process it and let it go and get it out, chances are you felt whatever was bubbling up at that moment, but you didn't really have the opportunity to make meaning from it, right? And so getting angry is usually really good because if you were to tell anybody what you went through as a little girl, they would get angry for you. Why? Because you were put in mental, emotional, physical, sexual danger, spiritual danger. And so if any three-year-old, four-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old went through what you went through, people would be pissed. They would throw tables, toss tables over, call the authorities, snatch you out that, like there would be so many people who were rushed, rushed to you because of that injustice. So anger is not a bad thing. Anger is justified. And so 
you being able to be in touch with that anger is a good thing because it's part of you healing that inner little girl. The next thing is to notice any distress that you may have with these realizations. I want you to be honest with yourself if you do not want to be nice to your daughter. Just be honest with yourself about that. Because you trying to force yourself to do things out of obligation is going to help you do it any better. And she's going to feel that energy. She's going to feel those vibes. She, She probably already has. Not probably. She already has. So... You, part of this journey, what I always tell my students and y'all all the time is you have to be honest with yourself about every single part of this. You, you can't keep lying to yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself about your feelings and your thoughts if you actually want to be free. Okay. I want you to notice that, notice that distress because you've built up possibly years of resentment or projected trauma onto this relationship, onto this person. And even though they're your daughter, that doesn't mean that that's not really the dynamic that's happening. And so if you've been doing this for years without even realizing it, it's going to probably take you some time to see all the little nooks and crannies and ways that you thought you were thinking very logically, but actually it's just your wounded, your wounded heart that was coming out and for you to deal with all those different points. And that's going to take some self-discovery. That's going to take some patience with yourself and it's going to take some self-kindness. And just to remind yourself that we can be avoidant in all relationships, including our relationships with our children, even when we love our children. Because when we're love avoidant, it has nothing to do with the love that we have or don't have for the person. It's our love avoidance and our intimacy disorders are all about our detachment from ourselves that show up in our relationships. The more detached I am from myself and my own self-love and my own self-acceptance and my own self-kindness and my own self-tenderness, the harder it's going to be to give that to other people. Okay? And if I do give it to other people, nine times out of 10, it's going to either be to people who don't deserve it because that's recreating my trauma, or I'm going to keep giving and giving and giving and feeling so depleted, depleted, depleted because I'm trying to outgive my trauma bond or try to outgive my wounding when really it has nothing to do with the person in front of me. It has everything to do with me. Okay. Let me say here that the feelings that you're feeling and the trauma that you're exploring is not for you to share with your daughter or daughters. I want to repeat this again. Any pain or trauma reenactments that you are having right now is not to be shared with your daughter. Your trauma is not your daughter's responsibility. Something I didn't say above because it didn't fit, but I'll say it here is um, the opposite of the love avoidance part. And that's being detached emotionally from our daughters. For For those of us who didn't learn balance, the opposite extreme can be enmeshment, emotional enmeshment. So we don't have any boundaries at all. And we overshare and we tell her, even when she's a little girl, about mama's depression and tell her about the problems that she's having with her dad and boyfriend and the money problems and all that stuff. And as a six, eight, 13 year old child, that is heavy. That is too much. That is stressful. Your daughter is automatically wondering, is she doing something wrong? Is she in the way? Is she a burden for being here? How do I help mama feel better? Let me not tell her what's going on with school because I know she's going through a lot right now. And it makes your child feel like she has to parent you. That's not her responsibility. Same thing I said before. Same same responsibility that you had is the only responsibility that they have. As little babies, our only responsibility is to be able to grow up in a world and all we have to do is worry about eating, playing, growing, dreaming, going to school, learning, 
being loved on, being protected and thriving and being exactly who we're supposed to be. We are meant, we were meant as the next generation to outgrow, to outshine and to literally outlast the generation that came before. Right? So your, your trauma is not helping your child thrive. And that doesn't change when your child is 26 or 36, unless your child specifically asks you (laughs) what is going on. Because as children become adults and their emotionally, emotional capacity changes and y'all grow into having that peer adult relationship and that dynamics change, then that's one thing. But you need to, as the parent, be clear and to ask for consent, even in those adult relationships, are you sure you want to know what's going on? And your child will tell you, right? And you get to decide how much you share, what you share and all of that, okay? So just wanted to say that so that we don't go out and I don't want anyone having confessional about all the ways that you sinned against your child. We're going to get to making amends in a moment. So don't worry about that. But I don't want you to go and unload emotionally, unload on your child because that's something for you to do with the therapist. Something to do with your best friend. Your child is not your therapist. Your child is not your mentor. Your child is not your mascot. Your child is your child. Okay? Number three. Next, especially if you did what I already just said, (laughs) I need you to forgive yourself, hon. I need you to forgive yourself because you've only done the best that you knew how to do. So I need you to forgive yourself for any emotions that you may have felt, for any mistakes that you may have made, any harm that you feel like you may have done to your children unknowingly. So many of us don't even think that we're doing this. And so when we become aware of it, it's horrifying. It's uh, very shame-inducing to us. So, um, yes. So forgiving yourself, which leads to the next thing, which is comforting yourself. This is the comfort that you should have been having all along. And so many people want to skip this part, the self-soothing, the self-kindness. This is part of your healing process. For you to heal your inner little girl, you got to learn how to love on yourself and be nice to yourself just to be nice to yourself. Just to be nice. You have needed someone to validate your emotions for way too long. And you need to start with yourself. The next thing is think about all the questions I already asked you throughout this episode about what it was like for you as a little girl and what was it like for the little girls around you. Um, if you don't remember, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that you don't remember and what you must have been going through to not, to not remember different pockets and points of your life. Uh, the next thing that I want you to do is to learn to be hugged, learn to be touched, learn to be held, learn to, be, learn to find pleasure in it. It is such a common, common, common story that I hear from my students and the women that I work with that they were not hugged as little girls or that they have mothers that were like, I don't really like to be touched. And I just wonder if these were also little children that were not touched, if they were little girls that people were not at the house, people were busy, people maybe used touch in the wrong way. And yeah, so... What is that detachment from you in your body? Uh, if you feel, because maybe there are some people who are listening and like, I just legitimately just don't like to be touched. Okay, that could absolutely be the case. I want you to just, when you think about someone touching you, is there any fear that comes up? Maybe even fear that you don't have words for. I, I know that I've had... 
Um, we talk about this more in other places. I'm trying again, I'm looking at the time, uh, not trying to go too deep into this. You can have fear from physical touch, even if you've never had physical or sexual abuse. It's possible. And um, just like introversion is not evidence of some kind of disordered manner being being. It's not like extroverts are like the normal way of life. And so anyone who prefers to spend time alone is bad. It's the same thing with this. Anyone who does not want to be touched does not mean that there is something underlying this. And if you go into fight or flight response, if you go into literal fight or flight response when someone is near you, that is a really hard way to be. That's a really hard way to live life. And so I would encourage you to, if, it, if you find it distressing, maybe you don't, but if you do find it distressing for you to look for outside support with that, of course, uh, talk therapy, but I strongly suggest somatic experiencing as a therapy or a body worker. The therapist I have now is a body worker. She does not have a master's degree from an institution for psychological support, um, but she has a million and one trainings on somatic experiencing and how trauma affects the body and your sexuality and your sense of self and your sense of safety and like all these amazing things. And I just love her forever. And so going to a somatic body worker to help work through what are those body responses that you have. The other thing I was thinking as I did this, as I was writing these notes, is exploring pelvic floor physical therapy. I have someone that I'm really hoping says yes to being on the podcast because I love her so much, who's a pelvic floor physical therapist. But this is an area of recovery and support that I was not even aware existed. And this is a physical therapist who can help you if you're having incontinence issues, meaning peeing on yourself, struggle like holding it in. If you have pain during sex, if you have pain during bowel movements, if you have any kind of discomfort and and stress within your pelvic floor region, a pelvic floor physical therapist can help you with this, which is so incredible because it is not, you know, you can go to a gynecologist or someone else and they just tell you, well, it's just, you know, it's just, you just have to deal with it. And this is just what happens when you have a child. And this is just what happens as you get older. And this is just what happens with menopause without knowing that these regions can be rehabilitated and you do not have to live with this type of discomfort. The reason why I was thinking about this as I talking about physical pleasure and being held and being touched is obviously, you know, if you have any kind of detachment from your womb area, but also when you think about the trauma of childbirth, some, I mean, some of us were ripped, literally ripped apart and the, the ongoing pain and complications that have when you don't have access to that rehabilitation, like the issues with holding in your bladder, uh, prolapse, pain during sex and all those things, pain with bowel movements, uh, inability to have bowel movements, going to needing to pee every five seconds, even post childbirth. With your quality of life being so disrupted, of course you'll have resentment, even if you're not intending to. Of course you will have... Uh, feelings of regret or what ifs and um, pain. And so you getting support with that to reclaim that part of your life, I would really encourage you to do that. But again, I will hopefully have her on the podcast to talk about this in more detail. 
But uh, if you have any kind of detachment, if you were physically or sexually abused, and so you do have kind of that clenching when it comes to your womb area, getting recovery in that area may loosen you up in other places of your body too, where you're not um, so threatened or afraid if someone touches your arm or touches your shoulder because you're reconnected to this part of your body that you've had a lot of detachment from. The next thing that I would encourage you to do is to give to your daughter the things you didn't get for yourself, right? So go to your daughter, apologize if you need to, um, if you have space to. And the next thing is to be honest about wanting to move forward with her in a different way. To say with full sentences, you know, I realized that the things that happened between us could have gone better and I want to move forward. And ask her what she needs and then actually listen to her. Don't remix it. Don't try to mind read. Don't try to add to it. Well, this is what she said, but this is what I'm going to do. No. Listen to what she's asking of you. So if she's hurt and says that she needs space, understand that she might need the ability to tell you no, especially if she's, if she's never had the opportunity to tell you no without any kind of punishment that comes after it, whether it's physical or emotional. Um, maybe she needs um, subconsciously, that's something that she needs to be able to do is just to tell you no and to see how you handle a no. And so f- for you to handle it by saying, okay, you understand, but you're here when she's ready. If she says that she wants you to listen more and not give advice and just say that you're proud of her because maybe she never got enough of that emotional validation from you, then stop giving advice and just give her compliments all the time. Just because don't tell her, oh, you look so good. Next time do your hair like this. Or, you know, girl, I love that speech you gave, you know, just talk, talk more, talk louder next time so people can hear you in the back. Just say great speech. Just say, I like your hair. Just, just give a compliment just to give it. And, you know, if she says she wants to spend quality time with you. So this goes to our avoidant tendencies. That means just with you. Don't invite other siblings to go along. Don't invite your boyfriend or girlfriend to come. Don't invite other people to come and say, well, you know, we all just have such a good time together. Going back to this being more about us than about them, a lot of times we invite those other people around to try to diffuse the tension because, or diffuse the vulnerability because we don't know how to just fully show up as ourselves. So we need somebody there as an in-between or um, someone to divert all the... um, eyes. And so just spend time with her. Okay. And then the last one, obviously, I mean, I've been saying about it, talking about it this whole time, but the last one is to work on your own healing where you need it. Okay. For you to work on mom, for you to work on yourself. Okay. For you to start to heal this trauma that we've been talking about. Okay. So, that is the episode. I was able to get it in, y'all. I was able to get it in. (laughs) I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it put words to something, whether or not you are a mother. And these are some of the things that you've experienced before and you've been very conflicted about it in both ways. I hope that you have felt seen. I hope that in me, even though I was trying to quickly go through instructions, I hope that you heard that this was all given in complete validation of why this may have been hard for you. And you have always been doing your best. 
and you've always deserved so much more. And my prayer is that you get the healing that you want and that you're also able to pass that gift of healing on to your daughter. And if for some reason she's not available anymore, whether or not she's no longer with us here on earth or y'all just have detachment between y'all, I hope that you're able to give yourself that forgiveness and grace because, again, you've always done the best that you've known how with what was given to you. If your daughter is still very young, you still have an opportunity to repair The gift that we give our children is not by being perfect, but by being perfectly human. So showing your daughter, how do you make amends? How do you grow from this? How do you um, reconcile? How do you reclaim your relationship? Instead of throwing it all away and saying, well, I've, I've gone too far now. No, you haven't. Your daughter loves you. And she's waiting for you to come home to her in this way, for you to make her feel like she is at home with you. So... Whenever you do this, whether she's 2, 12, 29, or 68, uh, believe me, I've talked to women of all ages, and all of us want our tenderness from our mother. We don't grow out of it. So so forgive yourself and move forward. Um, and if you're someone who's like, oh, this has been so helpful, and I need some small steps to take to move forward, Our small courses are the next small steps for you. So not the bigger program. I'm literally talking about the small steps because what we're talking about has been very heavy. So if you're wanting to continue to look at how your trauma has affected you and affected how you see yourself and your sense of self-worth and how you may um, have created all these kind of woundings and belief systems around you and you want to grow in self-compassion and learning how to talk to yourself in a different way, Are You Are Worthy It's a small mini course that's the best next step for you. And then if you are, you know, right now we, this is actually technically the last episode in our love deprivation series, because this is all about our detachment from ourselves and detachment from pleasure and detachment from joy and where that starts. And so if you're like, I need to learn how to give myself pleasure and joy and physical connection and physical attachment and learn how to live in my love worthiness so that I can bring that joy into other relationships, but specifically in my relationship with myself, then the Loved Woman Foundation's mini course is the right one for you. And like I said in the last two episodes, we're going to be doing a 30-day challenge together in the month of May. And so that comes with coaching support and uh, the other one, the other smaller courses are just self-paced. So you do it on your own time. You get keep access to it forever. So either one of those work for you. Either one of those would work in those ways. And so you can click the link in the show notes to join one of those two. You can go to the website um, and under work with us, it says first step courses or small step courses. And those are listed in the drop down menu. Or I'm going to give you the links right now to um, blackgirlsheal.org slash worthy is how you get you are worthy. And blackgirlsheal.org slash the loved woman is the link to the loved woman. So either one of those would be great next steps for you. And that's it. I am sending all of you love and to all the daughters who listen to this. I hope that this gave you some clarity as well for the things that you needed, the things that you felt, things that maybe you suspected. And I hope that this brings you closer to releasing some things that were never your responsibility to hold in the first place. So that's it for now, y'all. Sending you so much love. And as always, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 